Hello and welcome to The Best Is Net To Come. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Michael Rubenstein and Richard Tuba. About a year ago, a little over a year ago, the Nets acquired James Harden in a crazy trade involving Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and a million picks. And now here we are. It's February 9th, 2022. About a year's time since that trade and it's pandemonium in Brooklyn. They have lost nine games in a row, in counting. No idea when they're going to win again. Doesn't seem like they ever will. And James Harden might be traded during this podcast. As we mentioned, I think we mentioned it maybe last week, or there had been rumors over the past week or so, Harden has been in trade talks just because he's not liking it in Brooklyn. He's not happy there, allegedly. But then he was talking to the front office saying, no, I do like it here. There's a, there's like, there is not a single source who is keeping their story straight about whether or not James Harden is going to be a Brooklyn net after tomorrow's trade deadline, which is, I believe at three o'clock, Michael, yep. is that yep. wrong? Rick? Yeah. 3, yeah, 3 p.m. 3, yep. 3 p.m. on Thursday, tomorrow, February 10th is the trade deadline. So, uh, you know, a deal can be made tonight. A deal can be made tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, Daryl Morey is kind of infamous for working till 2.59 p.m. on the trade deadline, like trying to get something done. And I just keep seeing a whirlwind of trade plans, trade picks, trade packages for him. Some inc- some looking good for the Nets, some not looking great. And I'm still conflicted just about the fact that the Nets are going to have to trade James Harden midseason. Uh just to get like Ben Simmons and a couple like rookies or, you know, whoever comes to the Nets. It's just crazy. What a bizarre time. So I guess I'll start with you, Mike. Um, what has been your thoughts about the uh, increase of, of trade rumors over the past few days? And and like overall, like have you swayed in your opinion regarding like do you want Harden to stay or not? Or like what are your thoughts at this moment in time? So my initial thought is that it's going to get done. I think both sides are trying to use their leverage as best they can. So the Nets have their people saying Harden wants to stay so that Philly will up their uh, willingness to give up more. Um, but obviously Philly's trying to do whatever they can to, to not have that happen. So maybe people are saying Harden wants to go. Maybe people in Philly are leaking that Harden wants to go so that the Nets don't have the I don't know. But in any case, I want him gone. I am so sick of him. I'm sick of these injuries that keep popping up, he's he was out of shape. Uh, I don't like the style in which he plays anymore. Like, it's too slow. So I know Ben Simmons mentally, like, and shooting-wise is awful right now. But if the Nets get back Ben Simmons and either of Seth Curry, Tybal, or Maxi, like they're asking for, if they get one of those guys with Ben Simmons, I want that deal. Uh, it makes the Nets better defensively uh, with a healthy Durant and part-time Kyrie. It it just, I think, works better than what they've been doing. Uh, obviously, the big three have barely played together, but I'm just sick of it. <laughs> I'm done. I don't want yeah. James Harden anymore. If he stays, fine. I'll, you know, I'll support him if he plays well. But, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm also done. And, Rick, I know you are done. So done. But <laughs> I, ha- I have a different – I want to kind of go back in time a little bit here to when the good old days, when we really, like, were seeing Harden as – an, an essential asset to this team. Remember a year ago and how consistent he was during all of KD's injuries. He had that hamstring where he was out for a month and Kyrie was like just MIA half the season. And Harden was pretty consistently great last year. Um, you know, a cavalcade of things have obviously happened since last year's season. But where did it all go wrong with James Harden this year on the Nets, Rick? Well, first I want to talk about where it all went right. Yesterday against the Celtics, Javon Carter hit seven threes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a positive. I want to just talk no, about the I want to talk about how that's not a positive later. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my first take. Javon Carter hit seven threes. Should we give a shit? <laughs> Should we give a shit after these messages? Yeah. Um, the answer is no. <laughs> Whatever. No. Um, but now that we got that out of the way, um, I think it really – I think personally, although we've heard rumors or like reports otherwise, I think it started with Kyrie, honestly, a little bit. I think that really actually, whether 
he will say so or otherwise. I think when you have a guy like Kyrie, championship caliber season, at least at the start, not playing any games at all and then playing only half the games, I think that's a contributing factor. I don't think that's really what caused him to leave. But I think now the injuries and now this nine-game losing streak, he's probably thinking, I didn't sign up for this. I came here to win a championship. Um, And at the same time, too, though, you're going to hit bumps in the road. Like, losing streaks happen. You're not going to win every freaking game, especially when you do have injuries on the roster. I think we all agree that if healthy, and that's a big if, this is a team that really can win the championship. So I think he's being faced with some adversity right now. And honestly, it sucks, but like it seems like he's a quitter. <laughs> I think not nine-game losing streak. He honestly, without KD and Kyrie, he doesn't have any help. So he probably thinks, let me go play with Daryl Morey, who freaking loves me. Let me go play with Joel Embiid. Let me go play for Doc Rivers. And he probably thinks it's a better situation. Um, but I, I think right now it's that nine-game losing streak that has him thinking, man, like, Fuck this. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't blame uh, Harden for the way he's probably assessing the situation. It does feel like a sinking ship right now. And it doesn't even, I'm not really even sure if Durant comes back and fixes everything. Like, the team is so beyond broken mentally that you, you watch them go 28 and 2 in the first seven minutes against the fucking Celtics. It was it yesterday or two days ago? The days are blending into each yeah, other. Yeah, They played the Celtics. It was yesterday. They're playing the Celtics. They get absolutely annihilated. They're losing by like 30 points in the first quarter. You're like, is this even a team that wants to play basketball anymore? Like, do they even yeah. care about like like their jobs? It seems like they just want to die out there. Well, you're right. And the answer is, do they want to play basketball? No. Like, because we, we saw – James Harden, 37 minutes against the Kings. The Kings, who we were talking about before the recording, are like the gold standard for just ineptitude and just total garbage. Four points. James Harden's any day, like on one leg, James Harden can score 20 points. He can do it. And he just did not want to. And we joked previous, like last year, that they were the Brooklyn Turnstiles. You literally see video, if you go back on the highlights uh, to see James Harden against the Kings, He's like twirling around like a ballerina. Like he is, he's, <laughs> he is, and he, like he's, he's like, and you'll see. Those of you who can't see us, we're recording right now. But like, guys will just like try to go by him, and he won't shift his feet. He'll just put the arm out. He'll just be like, eh, like like a reach, and like he's not like trying. And that's embarrassing too when you have a guy who's supposed to be a leader on the team, and you're, you're four points. Right. Come on. And I think that's a big factor too, where I believe the Nets want to trade him, but they don't want to trade them if they're not going to get back what they think is fair because there is the, the the risk that if they don't trade them you're just going to get like Houston Rockets James Harden in a fat suit guy for the rest of this season and that's not fun but yeah they yeah. they they I think the whole team is like really checked out unless something happens now I'm glad you mentioned the the fat suit Harden thing from last year a lot of people were furious when Harden was able to finesse his way to the Nets last year. Is a part of you kind of feeling a little karmic about this? Like maybe the Nets deserve Harden to do the same thing to us because of the way he just kind of worked his magic and got onto our team last year, Mike? I I feel a little much – I feel a little bit like, uh, you know, this sucks and and Harden sucks for this, but we kind of deserve this for even betting on him. I'm going to say no to that only because we gave up a lot. It's not like we got him in free agency. It's not like we gave up like nothing. We gave up Jared Allen, who, in my opinion, was an all-star this year. Mm-hmm. Karis LeVert, mm-hmm. who now that he's healthy, like he's going to contribute. Dinwiddie's having his, his stroke. Oh, no, we didn't trade away Dinwiddie. Uh, but whatever. Like We gave up stuff to get James Harden. Uh, so I don't feel guilty. I don't feel like there was karma in the way we got him. Uh, I think the Nets just positioned themselves well with assets and development and they i think they earned getting a player like harden i really do think that it just like i think rick you made a good point about Kyrie. like i think the Kyrie situation kind of like mentally fucked this whole team before the season started yeah yeah it's it's a a rough start mm -hmm. the nets should have held i think that it's unfortunate that he didn't play but even having him come back maybe maybe made things a little worse because it's like if he's going to come back and they're still going to lose, 
that makes them feel like, geez, we really can't do anything then. And on top of the fact that Durant's hurt for at least an extended period of time, no one knows when he's going to come back. And he's coming back to a much different team. Who knows what he'll decide to do. Man, the only blessing that I'll continue to harp on throughout the rest of the season is that guy, Kevin Durant signed a, an extension with this team. That's the only good thing we can look forward to. Even if Durant wants out. If he wants out, at least we'll get something for Durant. Durant is one of the top three best players in the league. Sometimes he's the best. So, yeah, I would hate to see Durant go, but at least he's under contract. Meanwhile, these guys are just giving us headaches. And, you know, if Philly really wants, they can just, like, wait until June and sign him in July. They can sign Harden in July for peanuts. I mean, they'll have to probably get rid of Tobias Harris, but they want to do that anyway, don't they? Because he's such a – he's kind of become an albatross on their necks anyway. Rick, you were saying? So the Sixers can sign James Harden next summer or this this summer after this year because James Harden, like, he's going to opt out. He's going to be a free agent. So right. the, the problem with that is, which is why there's trade talks going on right now, is the amount of money that James Harden can get paid versus mm-hmm. being traded right now as opposed to signing with Philly – as a free agent flat out, or even just being signed and trade. So if he signs with them as a free agent flat out, he's forfeiting tens of millions of dollars. I think and it's about $75 million. Yeah, and he does not want to do that, okay? Uh, a guy who, who doesn't want to play defense or work hard is not going to forfeit any money when he's, what, 33 years old? This is going to be his last contract. He's not doing that. So the Nets could really – almost kind of call this bluff come this summer and say like, Hey, like if you want to forfeit $75 million and sign with Philly flat out fine. Or this summer we can sign and trade you. You can get your full $250 million max and we're going to get the guys we want anyway. So I do think that a trade is going to happen with Philly. It's either going to happen now at the deadline or in the summer but I, I just don't think this like idea that he's going to sign flat out as a free agent with Philly is going to happen. I think that's a bluff. So then my thing with why Philly would want to do it now is they don't have Ben Simmons on their team. Like he's not playing. They're in championship mode. Like Joel Embiid is having another MVP caliber season. So essentially, are you willing to give up <clears throat> based on excuse me what the Nets are saying? Are you willing to essentially trade like Tybal for James Harden? Will you make that upgrade right now? Obviously, you're mortgaging your future a little bit by giving up a good young player but ben simmons is not there so you should kind of get him off your mind like he's not even really part of the trade now mm-hmm. are you willing to upgrade tyball or seth curry to james harden like to me i like if i'm the sixers i would be willing to do that i think right now they're just trying to again like i said before they're leveraging to see what they can do but if i'm daryl Morey, that's a simple answer in my book you're not going to have ben simmons in the playoffs even if you had him, he's not going to win you anything like last year. So right. why not make a, an upgrade? Exactly. And like what Mike says, like the, he's he's not on the team right now. So I think that's a great um, position of leverage for the Nets because, like, the, you know, Daryl Morey is probably saying, like, I mean, what we're hearing based on rumors, uh, almost Ben Simmons straight up and maybe, maybe like Curry. They're like, seems like they're really debating on, on that. And like the Nets could say like, hey, listen, this guy is not helping you. Like you're, you're, he's not like this great asset that you're giving us, at least on your team. I think he would actually be really good on the Nets. I've said this before, but at least on Daryl Morey's team, like he doesn't have this guy who's like, you know, playing all defense right now for his team. He's, I think he's been fined nineteen million dollars sitting at home going and and just crying. So yeah, he's he's right. I mean, if I were Daryl Morey, I would absolutely trade Ben Simmons. And Thibel, like, immediately. I think the Nets are probably holding out for something like um, Simmons, Thibel, and Curry. I think that's really what they're aiming for. Um, ideally, I think, in a dream world, they'd try to get Maxi. I just think he's non-negotiable he for them. He's yeah. too good. <laughs> he's he too seems good. like he's too good. I was going to say, now, the, let's do a quick ranking of the of the uh, the different packages that have been floating around on Twitter and literally feels like every single pundit has a different source who has a completely different uh, opinion of how this is all going to shake out, if it even does. So I think that the best package the Nets can get, the most – like the idealist – the most idyllic one is – 
Simmons plus Curry and Maxi. Don't get Tybal. Don't get any picks. Those three players. Now, as we've already mentioned, Maxi seems off the table. So what's the next best one? Simmons plus Tybal and Curry. That sounds pretty great. Tybal plays incredible defense. Simmons plays incredible defense. What are the Nets right now? Turnstiles. So getting two elite defenders just slotted onto the team. Sure, scoring still going to be an issue. But if they're going to be playing defense, at least we won't get routed 130 to 90 anymore. Third option, probably the one that's going to happen, is Simmons, Curry, and maybe a pick or two. Simmons, Curry, and then, like, I don't know what, next year's first round or, or two years from now's first round. That's probably the one that's going to happen. And then you have, like, your Doomer one, which is just, like, Simmons, Tybal, second-round pick sometime in the future. And I think that one is unfortunate, even though, yes, yeah, Simmons and Tybal play great defense, but the scoring needs – we need some scoring. Um, and, of course, it's not going to be straight up. It's not going to be just hardened for, for Simmons. So is there anywhere you're leaning right now that you think it's going to go? Like, are you more hopeful or more kind of pessimistic about what the package could look like? Um, Mike. So I obviously would like more stuff, like in the packages you name. I would want a combination of two or three of them. Realistically, I would be happy with Simmons and Curry. Uh, Ty Bull is a great defender, but he's kind of like another Bruce Brown in where he's not a great shooter. He's an energy guy. He can he can defend people a little bit better than Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown makes some boneheaded plays every now and then. But mm-hmm. I think the Nets need Seth Curry more. They need that shooting. Um, he's a smart player. He doesn't really like make mistakes. He, he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Uh, to score, he and he's capable of going for 20 to 30 on any given night if he's hot. So if you put out a healthy lineup of like Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, and Patty Mills, with or without Kyrie, like all of a sudden we've got some shooting, and you can do some stuff with Ben Simmons anchoring defense the way he can. Durant has been a pretty good rim protector when he wants to be. So I think like for me. That's a trade if the Nets can get that. If, you, if they can't get Tybal, if they can't squeeze him, I don't think they're getting Maxi. Whether they get a pick or not, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of negligible for me. But if they can get Curry with Simmons, I, I would take that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's the, that's the route. I, I'm, I'm holding out hope for Simmons, Curry, Tybal. That's what I'm hoping for. I think that's realistic. I do think that they can get it. It wouldn't be surprising me if they do. Um. But I would be happy with Simmons and Curry as well. I would imagine, this is just a guess, I think they would probably get a pick or two with that, I feel. I know um, there's a debate about whether or not Curry would be included, but I just think uh, Simmons is too much of a distressed asset right now to just be Curry and him. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm right with Mike. I think uh, Curry would be a great addition to the team. Um, I know Simmons is flawed, of course, but I just think his fit, specifically with the Nets, is really good. I would feel really comfortable um, with him on the team defending, like, a guy like Giannis, like, in the playoffs. Like, they just don't really have a guy. Like, it was last year, the main guy defending Giannis was Blake Griffin. Like, you're, it's a huge upgrade to go from Blake Griffin, who right now is basically in a nursing home, like, with yeah. how, how terrible he is. And Ben Simmons, who I think last year finished like second in Defensive Player of the Year voting. So uh, yeah, I, I would I would love the fit with Curry. Uh, I just saw a a graphic not too uh, long ago before hopping on the pod. I could probably pull it up real quick, but it was the list of the highest three point shooting percentages in NBA history. And Seth Curry is number five. Joe Harris is number three. That's all time. So uh, if you had uh, Seth, Joe Harris, Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, there's shooting, there's defense. I, I really like that fit. So I'm 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 very optimistic about this. Uh, I wasn't optimistic when we got off the pod last last week with yeah. this team, but now I I feel pretty good. Well, that's all pending on whether or not Joe Harris comes back anytime soon because his injury is also like very mysterious. No one knows when he'll come back. 
Another question I have, and I've been thinking about this recently, recently as in like within the last hour, uh, is there a chance that the Nets possibly throw another person in this trade? Maybe move someone else in order to get the ideal package that they want. Say they really love Maxi, and they're like, we're not doing this without Maxi. Are they giving up someone for that? Maybe are they throwing Patty Mills in the deal? Are they throwing Nick Claxton in the deal to get to get Maxi on board too? I I would assume at this point Patty Mills is probably not up for discussion. I think Patty Mills, from what I've heard Nash talk about and other like sources on the team, he sounds like a leader that they really like need. Mm-hmm. Uh, any I don't know if the Sixers would necessarily even want Patty Mills. Uh, Claxton I know is a big name because uh, he's been improving. He's a unique kind of athletic, uh, tall defender who can guard smaller players. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they throw in Claxton, but. I feel like we would have heard people talk more about the Nets throwing in other players if the Sixers were interested in that. I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers were just like, no, we like <laughs> your guys aren't good. We don't want them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. They, they could use like some bench protection. I don't know. Is there? Yeah, yeah is there anyone of the Nets who's like tradable right now? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's Claxton. It's just really Claxton. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone else really. And yeah, if, hurt. I think if they throw anyone else in the deal, it might just be to make the numbers work. I, I don't know if yeah. there's anyone that the Sixers are looking at and be like, man, I really hope we get uh really hope we get this guy from the Nets too. I mean, he's really gonna change our team. I, I honestly, I think they prefer, prefer to just have James Harden and and have lesser contracts, less money to deal with. Um, so I I really have not heard any rumors about additional people being involved in this deal. However, I have heard a fair amount of talk about the Nets. Shopping Joe Harris. I've heard that. I've heard it a couple places. I've heard quite a bit of talk of a Joe Harris for Buddy Heald swap and Mike is mm-hmm. Buddy's buddy. So I don't know how you guys would feel about that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I've heard it. So, But I've heard specifically more Joe Harris is being shopped. That would be a terrible swap. I'd be disappointed in that if it was just one for one Harris for Heald. And in a tumultuous season that we're in right now, I don't think that like there like a year ago when they were looking for like a guy like Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, that felt like a, like a kind of a crucial addition to a team that was really trying to win a championship. I don't really know what this team is trying to do other than not embarrass themselves at this point. <laughs> like they need to like make the playoffs. Like that <laughs> is the goal right now. Like they they don't need to win the East. <laughs> like they were looking like they were going to win the East. They just need to like fucking finish in the sixth seed at least, or it, I don't know, start training. You know, getting ready for a play-in tournament Nets team. Like I don't know what the yeah. hell they expect is going to happen, but it's too late now. They've lost so many games. The momentum is in the gutter. No way they should be making like these like win-now championship moves for guys like Buddy Heald. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I actually saw something else. It was um. The Nets currently have, I think, an 84% chance of finishing in, like, the playoff seating or out of the playoffs altogether. This is not, like, make the top six. It's just, like, 85% of chance of being a, a play-in team. So, yeah, that's that's rough. they got to start winning some games. I also, I think Kevin Durant on his own podcast gave an update on his timetable for return and said three to four weeks. No, so, This week he said that? Wait, I think wait, today. So- I saw that too, and what like I didn't watch the full thing, so I don't know the exact context. But the, whatever I read was saying he was referring to that from the point of his injury. He said it should take him three to four weeks from to recover from that injury, not from. That means now. next week. That means yeah, like that's next gotta week. be yeah. Okay. I think I think that's what he was trying to tell people. Like I'm I'm not that far away. I think he was trying that's to tell a people. Big difference because three to four yeah. weeks. I, I would be like, dude, <laughs> dude, let's tank. What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At so, this point, like sell the house. I'm going to yeah. try to swing this a little optimistically, even if oh, it's like Javon uh, Carter foolish. type of optimistic. No, yeah, no. <laughs> no. So if if Kevin Durant comes back healthy soon enough, if he's, if he's not out for another three to four weeks, like we're finally get to see the Nets play with urgency instead of like, OK, we could take today off and make sure people are resting. Like, no, we're going to have to see the Nets like light a fire under their ass and like play hard night in and night out. And that might be a good thing going into the playoffs. Like, hey. We're playing playoff type basketball every night. We have to like pay attention to detail every night. We have to defend every night. 
that might be good. Uh, I'm just saying, because that's not what we saw all of last year. Yeah, right. I could see that. I could see that. Also, uh, just if we're really like grasping for straws when it comes <laughs> to optimism, um, there does seem to be at least a glimmer of hope that at some point this season, Kyrie Irving will be a full-time player. It yes. seems that a lot of states uh, in the New York, New Jersey area are lifting mask mandates, are changing COVID protocols and becoming a little more lenient. So there's hope that um, at least some point this year, Kyrie might be a full-time guy. And I think if he is, that is massive. That's a game changer. Yeah, as of tomorrow, changer. New York is lifting their mandates tomorrow for masks and proof of vaccination. So I feel like as soon as you stop asking for proof of vaccination, that should lead the Nets to be able to not have Kyrie Irving be vaccinated. So I I think I saw something about that, that it is for New York, but doesn't apply to New York City or something. I uh-huh. swear. I yes. think it, it's the state, right. but not New York City. The New York City can make their own rules. I was just I was just reading about that. And basically, that, right? <laughs> Josiah and Sean Marks are going to have to, like, tickle the balls of Eric Adams, <laughs> the new mayor of New York City, for the next 24 hours. Like, hey, man, if, you got to tell us what is going on with this mandate. Because if you were going to let Kyrie Irving play, essentially, that could change this whole James Harden trade. Like, yeah. Will James Harden, <laughs> would he leave if he knew that Kyrie is going to be playing full time? I don't know. Maybe yeah. that changes things. And, and I, like the timing is incredible. Like they literally have tomorrow. They have by tomorrow to figure this out. Yeah, and I, I do think that those are actual conversations that the Nets organization has with like the New York City government and like the, the mayor's <laughs> office. I actually believe I haven't heard reports, but I've heard people like talking like you have to believe that like Sean Marks is like talking to the mayor about whether like, hey, dude, what's your plan for this? <laughs> because yeah, yeah. like, you know, the there's year. a lot riding on this right now. Are, <laughs> are you are you going to keep this this shit in place? Because otherwise I got to make some moves. <laughs> Meanwhile, the mayor could be a Knicks fan and be like, I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he probably is a Knicks fan. <laughs> he's, he's got a, he's got a blue and orange shirt underneath his white collar yeah, shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that could he totally be a till, South Park episode. That this wait, entire plot waits, could be a South Park episode. He waits till like 3.30. <laughs> To like make the van the mandate, and as he does it, he puts on like a Knicks hat. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm 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 relinquishing mandates. Go Knicks. Dude, or as I soon remember... as the Nets pull the trade trigger, like they trade Harden, and then he announces it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we went to the the last Nets game we all went to together with um who they who they play was it Pacers again? I feel like they're always playing the Pacers. No, but we all... no, the one we, during the pandemic or before? Yeah, Celtics. yeah, yeah, that one. It was the Celtics. Oh, was, no, okay, no, yeah. during, no, during the pandemic, it was the Timberwolves. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. They so, played the so we were we were joking that like James Dolan like plants Knicks fans at the Nets games just yes. like, for fun. Yeah. Like what? Like if we're really to cr- create an elaborate like South Park plot, like what if like James Dolan like bill- this billionaire owner like. It, got some sort of financial backing or money together to get like the mayor elected so that he can just mess with the mandates to screw with the nets like specifically for that he doesn't, he's like hey dude just whatever you have to do screw the nets over as much as possible that's crazy i don't think there are two teams in in like in the same metro area that like despise each other more than the nets and knicks do right now I can't think of like an inter maybe the Cubs and the White Sox. I know that the Cubs and the White Sox kind of hate each other, like fans of those teams. Yeah. Or at least I know the White Sox hate the Cubs. But like I can't think of another like inter the Clippers and Lakers don't have it this bad, do they? No, because the Clippers have never been good enough. And yeah. the yeah. main thing with the the White Sox and the Cubs, it's it's like literally a socioeconomic divide. It is a socioeconomic. Yeah. It's not it's even like, like just a bunch of New Yorkers just being like, nah, we picked this team. We're or because we're from New Jersey. Like right, right, no, right. It's like it's like, it's the, like upper the class white people like the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, and the black people like the the White Sox, right? And they're like on two different sides of the city. You're right. Yeah. Is there any other? I can't even think of one. I mean, that that's like a Jets like a, and a Giants topic. don't. Yeah. Nah, nah too, they suck too much. Yeah. <laughs> I realize that all three of my favorite teams are just the New York Jets in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all coached by Adam Gase in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need to <laughs> go over there like Scooby Doo and rip the masks off of these guys and find out that they're all just Jets. 
Anyway, so let's talk about a couple of the other trades that have happened in the league this week. So a couple blockbusters. We'll start with CJ McCollum. He's off. He's leaving Portland after however many years. I think he was there for like eight or nine years. Uh, and he's uh, he's going to New Orleans. Seems like Portland is uh, having a fire sale right now. Anyone whose name is not Damian Lillard is on the trading block. And CJ McCollum is a great player. He's always been in trade rumors for the last like four years because they never were able to get over the hump. They always lost in like the first or second round. That one year they made the Western Conference Finals. They got blanked by the Kevin Durant-less Warriors. But he goes to New Orleans of all teams. And I mean, look, it, it could be a good fit. Him and the potential of Zion whenever he comes back. Brandon Ingram's still there. They've got Jonas Valanciunas, who's a great center too. I mean, they could be good, but it's just it felt random to me. I was kind of shocked by that like Pelicans move. Uh, Mike, do you think this is good for him or not a great move? I think it was good for both sides. Uh, Lillard and McCollum, as much as they seem to have liked each other and they both had the same mentality of like, we're going to be loyal to Portland and we're going to win here. Like, I appreciated that about them. And they're mm-hmm. both really good scorers, but they're both awful defenders and it just hasn't worked. So I'm happy for McCollum to get a fresh start. He's still young enough and talented enough that he can make an impact for New Orleans. Uh, I think it's good for Portland to try to rebrand a little bit. I think they've kind of probably sold a little too much with all the other pieces they lost. But the one thing that made me the most mad about this trade was the Pelicans or ESPN or whatever marketing. This is like, oh, look at this new power lineup on the Pelicans, like Zion, Ingram, McCollum, like you just said, but like. Zion's probably not going to play this year, and he's probably going to yeah. leave. <laughs> so He's probably going to leave, but they do yeah. at least have him for one more year, right? Do they? I thought this might have been it. This is know. not his last year. No, I think oh, he's got one the, more oh, year in his rookie I, contract. I think All he's right. got one more year, but I, I okay. think the, the McCollum trade was uh, just a, an attempt to really entice Zion to kind of want to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and they won't be a good team, I don't think, but I mean— Compared to what they've been, mediocre would be really nice. Like if you like a like a competitive team, 38 wins, you know, mm-hmm. would be at least a step in the right direction. Um, I tend to think that Zion will probably sign an extension with New Orleans simply because of his health. Like I just don't think he's going to turn down that kind of money when he like barely plays. Like I don't know if he could really bet on himself at this point. That's a huge risk. Um, but it, I think it would be fun, right? Like if Zion plays, Zion, Valanciunas, Ingram, and and uh, McCollum, it might it might be cool. I don't like a like a poor man's Bulls. I don't know. So I think the Pelicans and the team that we're gonna talk about next, the Kings, they're both in this position of like let's just make the play-in tournament. I think if either of those teams make the play-in tournament, like that's a win for their season, even if they lose it and are eliminated right away. So the moves that we just saw, I think, are very short-sighted moves just to like have something like some promise of getting better but in a way as a fan of a shitty team and we might be in the next year or so who knows <laughs> don't you love that like in a way i love the play on playing tournament because it gives a like a, a normal fan base of a shitty team would be checked out by february we'd be like i'm done I don't care anymore. I cared for two and a half months. You guys are awful. I don't care what you guys do with the trade deadline. I'll be back next November or October. But now they actually have something to watch for. It's like, hey, maybe they'll be the 10th seed. And when we can overreact and, and treat it like it's the Super Bowl when they lose to the whatever, the the Thunder in, in the, <laughs> the play-in game. Then whatever. It's a fun yeah. game. It's a fun thing. It could be fun. I, I think that in the future, I hope they continue having this because, again, as I said, as a, a, a future fan of a bad team, I'm excited for their their yeah. ninth place play-in tournament game. I, I, I think this play-in tournament idea has been a massive success. Like, exactly what you just said. These bottom-of-the-league the teams have something to at least hope for. And right now, it's, it's also possibly saving, like, the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers oh, yeah. are the ninth seed. And, like, it gives them a chance to still, like, be in the playoff hunt. Um, it gives teams uh, 
that are in the like the five to six range, like they have to fight extra hard to avoid the play-in tournament. Everything about this, I think, has been like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's pretty fun for Sacramento too. I think they haven't made the playoffs in like 15, 16. I don't know, like so, something crazy like that. However many years, and uh, so if they could kind of like make make the quote unquote playoffs as a ten seed. Um, for a, for a fan base that hasn't seen that since you know Bibby Pager and Chris Weber, like I guess that's that's pretty cool. I read a report that the, they're not going to trade Harrison Barnes because they're going to fight for the play-in tournament. Yeah, like you know, it's good for them. I, I mean, I I hope they make it. I guess it's a pretty incredible too because over half the league makes the playoffs. Like there's 30 teams and 16 teams make it. So uh, for for them to not make it in so long is is incredible, but yeah, go for it. Get trade for Sabonis, keep Harry Barnes, and woohoo, let's go Kings. <laughs> let's speak more about the Kings actually. So they're the other huge trade this week. The Kings shipped a guy that is like an NBA Twitter NBA fantasy darling. I hear a dog. Is there a dog? <laughs> Rick's dog. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's a NBA fantasy darling, Tyrese Halliburton. People love him. He's having a very good second year. His assist numbers are way up. The team's still losing games because the team's surrounding De'Aaron Fox, who's a fucking, like, bum. He's, like, a bona fide. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's no, like, a physical, like, I can't think of something that he is more endemic of uh, than a bum, but he is. He's a Katie's burner. He is a Katie's burner. He really is. <laughs> And he's burning sucks. your team to the ground. Yeah, him and Randall are like fucking lighting the torch every day. But uh, anyway, so they decide, you know what? We have these two young guys. We got De'Aaron Fox who just can score and do nothing else and only sometimes. And we have Tyrese Halliburton who is a really good playmaker. And yeah, okay, he's not great at everything, but he's getting there. And they decide to ship that guy and Buddy Heald. For DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and as Woj reported, Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You guys saw that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they sent a clone of Jeremy Lamb, too. <laughs> Huge swindle by the Pacers. They sent a, a fake to Jeremy Lamb, and uh, they got Tyrese Halberton, who will now play alongside Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner and... Uh, you know, the Pacers did move Karis LeVert to the Cavs, which I don't really think is a great move for them, honestly. I, I think that Karis LeVert's like a team killer, but go Nets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know I don't know uh, why the the Kings did this other than they must see something in Sabonis. I would never have done this. I know, Mike, you like Sabonis, but would you have done this if you were the Kings? I don't know if I would have thought of this move. Um, if I was contacted by the Pacers and they said, hey, we want Halliburton, and you're like, no, no, no. But they're like, no, but we'll give you Sabonis. I'd be like, damn, like, yeah, maybe. Sabonis is really good, and I think people aren't aware of how good he is, and he's established. Halliburton is right now is like, you're playing 2K, and he's like at 84, but he's got A-plus potential. So when you sim the seasons, like, he's going to get better. But in real life, you don't, like, exactly know how that's going to work out. He's good, but he's definitely still unpolished. Sabonis is, like, right now really good, and he does everything. He's a big guy. He passes. He shoots. He rebounds. Maybe that's what the Kings have been missing, like having De'Aaron Fox with a guy like that maybe changes everything. I don't know. I think getting rid of Buddy Heald was good. I know we joke that he's Buddy's buddy, or I'm Buddy's buddy. I don't like Buddy Heald. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, you're Buddy's buddy. (laughs) Come on, dude. You're buddies. Yeah, so I actually (laughs) like the move for the Kings. Keeping Harrison Barnes, like, announcing that, like, hey, we're going for this play-in tournament. I like it. Maybe we'll see De'Aaron Fox get a little bit, uh, like, not energized because he doesn't need energy. I don't know what the right word is, but, like, better. He'll be Maybe he'll be better um, with Sabonis as a pick-and-roll uh, big. Because they have every, every time they draft a big, they, like, don't use him. Marvin Bagley, Rishon Holmes, like, is, like, up and down. Tristan Thompson they just had. So the Kings have just not had any luck with big men, but Sabonis is like, he's just different. He's really good. I really like Sabonis. All right. We'll see what happens. Hopefully Darren Fox doesn't ruin him too. Uh, (laughs) Rick, I want to talk about Levert with you. So Levert goes to the Cavs, who are this like 
great story this year with all of the talent they have coming out of nowhere, really. Darius Garland making this huge leap. Allen making a huge leap. They got Mobley's playing incredibly. Kevin Love loves playing basketball again. Remember when he was like sp- like pegging his teammates because he hated basketball so much like two years ago? Now he loves it. And then Karis LeVert comes to town. It's a Nets reunion, but I'm kind of worried for them. I don't think that Karis LeVert makes teams better. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like Karis LeVert like, more as a person because he was a yeah. Net. Like, I, I think of him fondly. But I'm with you. I don't really think he is a winning player. I think he's more of a guy that just kind of compiles stats. Um, uh, he does kind of remind me a little bit like what in, ter- in terms of his impact of a guy like J.R. Smith or Lance Stevenson, like he could he could blow up. We just saw him in his last game with the Pacers. He had like over 40 points. Like he can have huge games, but he can also really kill you. Like go like two for 15. So um, I-, I wouldn't say he's a ball stopper, but he's not necessarily a playmaker either. So it's a it's a puzzling trade. In my eyes, like I'm with you, I just I don't know. It it, it doesn't. I don't think it hurts them really, uh, but I don't think it helps them. So I don't. I'm not a fan of making moves that I don't believe actually help me. So uh, this is kind of like a eh, why? Why did you do this kind of trade? Yeah, it feels like they had a good thing going. I don't know what was broken other than Ricky Rubio going down. I mean, they're not going to have Lavert coming off the bench. He's probably going to start. So whatever was working in the starting lineup is now going to be a little fucked with. So I'm just – I'm perplexed. We'll see. Yeah. Unfor- I really like Garland, and of course I love Allen. Like he's just – he's a great guy, and I want them to succeed. If not the Nets, at least I'll be rooting for the Cavaliers. But uh, Levert, he needs to change the way he plays basketball in order for him to be successful on a, on a winning team. Because even like when he was on the Nets for those few games with Durant – they did not look great, and it was because Levert was taking so many fucking shots away from him. I don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was. That's why I was saying he's kind of. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like J.R. Smith and like Lance Stevenson. He does make some boneheaded plays at times. Now he's he. I don't think he has a, as low of lows of those guys. I don't think he's you know gonna single handedly all the time like really kill you. But like he does make some poor decisions. He doesn't always make the passes or get rid of the ball when he should. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird fit, I think, especially for a team that is really, really running well. I have just two things here to support Levert. Cause I agree with what most of what most of with what you're saying. Um, I think they're, they were worried about Garland shouldering too much of a ball handling, playmaking load in the playoffs when the game slows down. Uh, you can't ask Garland to make something happen every single play, and they don't really have anyone else with Rubio out. I think they have Rondo, but Rondo's playoff like, Rondo, yeah, playoff, yeah, playoff Rondo. But he doesn't seem to play consistent minutes, so I don't really know what's going on with him. Uh, but the second thing is, the Cavs have a really big lineup with Allen, Mobley, Kevin Love. They are a very good offensive rebounding team. Lavert is the kind of guy who's gonna miss a lot of shots, but a lot of those misses can turn into offensive rebounds so when you have that combination the way Tristan Thompson used to do for the Cavs like you can afford like when J.R. Smith would miss like eight shots in a row Tristan Thompson could get some of those rebounds and like you don't really feel that so from that point I'm assuming that like that was probably part of their decision like they know their team they know their strength so they can afford a guy like Levert uh, and hopefully coach him into something a little bit better and more efficient but I think it's a good move and just it's going to help Garland not burn out or, you know, have to do too much. So what Mike is essentially saying to you, Karis LeVert fantasy owners out there, a miss and a dunk is not an assist. It's still a <laughs> yes. miss. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jared Allen offensive rebound numbers. Whoever has Jared Allen. Yeah, Jared Allen re- <laughs> offensive rebound numbers. Evan Mobley, I got him. I hope he gets yeah. some rebounds. But a miss and a dunk is not an assist. It's a miss. <laughs> So don't count on those stats. All right. Well, what we were going to do, because the Super Bowl is on Sunday, we were going to kind of uh, talk about the Nets in a football reference sense, putting Nets uh, on a starting offensive line for a team. Well, I guess we'll use the defense, too. If, if we think a net is more of a defender, we can put him there. But 
Um, I guess, Rick, why don't you map out the idea here for us? All right. I mean, the way I had thought it up is we could draft uh, players on the Nets roster uh, as if we were drafting them not for fantasy basketball, but for fantasy football purposes. Which right. which of these Nets are we going to have uh, be our signal caller? Who's going to be toting the rock and who is the deep threat to take the top off the defense? Um, so there's not enough people to really, uh, I think, roster an entire uh, starting lineup. So, I mean, we'd have to look at the numbers, but it'd probably be one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, uh, one tight end, probably each. So four players each sounds about right. Oh, um, okay. So if you want to give it a shot and see how it goes, uh, we can All right, so, so there's, make comments so there's, on each other's teams and stuff. Yeah. So the, so the, there's quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end. That's that's it? Or I is think it there a flex? I, uh, I think that's what we should, we should do. Don't think of we'll it so that. much as like fantasy sports because obviously they don't actually play the positions. Just think about if you were to put them on a football team, like how good do you think they would be at those positions? Yeah, that's right. good. Yeah. You guys no, can I'm, if you want, but I'm omitting James Harden from my entire like selection process. I'm omitting him. I'm omitting him from my life. <laughs> I'll, agree, I'll agree to that. Yeah. He, he uh, who shall not be named. So he is yeah. currently. Is he? Is he now officially Jim? Is he Jim Harden? Oh, he's back to being Jim. Yeah, he's a Jim. Is Jim? Oh fuck that. He's Jim. Oh, oh God, I hate this team. I hate that guy. Let's try him. <laughs> All right, so wait, we should uh, decide who goes first. Here, I'll, I'll do it. Um, I'm going to pick a – I'm going to do a little die roll here on my uh, phone. One sec. So, Josh, you're one, two. I'll be three, four. Rick, five, six. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, ready? Mm, five. That's Rick. Rick, you go first. Okay, nice. Four. That's me. Mike. All right, so Fair. I go third and then fourth? Yep. Yeah, we'll sneak. Okay. All right, Rick. Whenever you're ready, you start. You're on the okay. Uh, I think this is a pretty easy pick for me. Uh, it'll be fun to see um, what you guys think of, like, the positioning for some of these guys. Um, my first pick is going to be Number seven out of the University of Texas, Kevin Durant. And uh, at six foot ten, 240 pounds, he will be my wide receiver. All right. And he, he's already said he like enjoys playing wide receiver. There's close to him playing fly football. He's, he is good at it. You can't hey. really stop a guy that big. <laughs> Lucky so, I got the number one so, pick. It, I won the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Um, with my pick, I'm going to take Kyrie Irving at wide receiver because – that man is going to run routes. If you know how he runs. Like, if he plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He's I don't know. Let me check the fantasy league <laughs> mandate he here. For the, uh, <laughs> I think he might actually need to be vaccinated for this fake league. No, unvaccinated players can play football. Yeah. Uh, you're right, unfortunately. But Kyrie Irving has the probably the best agility of anyone like I've ever watched move. That's <laughs> like, fair. Period. Not even sports-wise. Like his body just moves different. So I think in a non-COVID running. world, this is a no-brainer. All right, all right. So I, I'm up at three, and I'm going with a wide receiver, and I'm going to pick Nick Claxton as my as my uh, third pick as wide receiver. I mean, his whole job on the Nets is to catch passes and then dunk them. So I mean, I hope he can catch a pass. And he's mm-hmm. fucking tall. He's really tall. And then I get the fourth pick too. And so, since he's uh, a sharp shooter in his own right, I'm going to go with Joe Harris, quarterback, number four. Ooh, I like that. It's a good thing. Joe Harris, he's a sharp sharp shooter. He's one of the best shooters in uh, Nets history and possibly league history. He's going to hit him in the hands every time (laughs) because this is made up, and why not? (laughs) Um, I'm going to go running back with my next pick, and I'm going to pick – the only guy who I think is, like, tough on the Nets, and Bruce Brown. Oh, you bastard. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that was my pick. Hit, I, thought he was whole, I thought he was falling to me. He's going to hit the hole. He's going to break some tackles. 
He's big. He's like 6'5", six, 6'4". Six, big running back. Yeah. Mm. All right. All right. I am... Since I have the... I have back-to-back picks here. Yeah. I am going to go... Young guy, quarterback, Cam Thomas. Okay. Quarterback. Yeah, I'll take him as my quarterback. And I will use my... Can he thread the needle, though? Uh, he's going to be more like a like a Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson type. He's going to be a run-first guy. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> he's going to be a run-first when he has to. He's going to just throw it up to KD and all Moss guys. Um, and I think I'm going to go... Running back here, and I'll go Javon Carter. Running All back, right. he's got the right. right kind of build for that too. Yeah, and I oh, think okay. my tight end will be there when I when I pick next. I don't know. I'm going tight end right now. Ah, uh, I'm going to leave quarterback to last because I honestly don't know who my quarterback is going to be. Uh, tight end, I'm going to pick Lamarcus Aldridge because okay, huge can block. He's broken, Mike. He's like he's he can give up any moment. He gets hit hard, his heart will burst. <laughs> well, I'm assuming he, he the pads will help protect his heart. Uh, but he's huge, big body. He's gonna block. He's gonna be the blocking and receiving tight end. So not the fastest, but uh, I think solid red zone target. Solid. All right, so I got my tight end and my running back picks left, and I'm going back to back. So I'm going to go with Dayron Sharp as my tight end. Damn it. That's a, that yeah. was my pick. I was hoping. Because I'm, uh. I'm looking at the list here, and I'm like, what? none of these guys really look like a tight end except Dayron Sharp. He looks like a tight uh, end. He can handle it. He's oh he's beefy, man. He's I He's got some ball. muscle. Got some muscle. Don't you take and, Don't you take my boy, then, for my last pick. He's got to play well, tight end for me. <laughs> well, uh, i got to pick someone for running back, and this just seems so ridiculous. <laughs> Has anyone picked Patty Mills yet? No. Well, Patty Mills is a little guy. He could sneak through a pocket somewhere. He's like a he's Darren a... Sproles running back. Oh, no, yeah, he's not, like, yeah. He's not chunky. Who's like a short, like not chunky like running back? Like a Singletary? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the guy on the, what's his name? The guy in the Bills. Yeah, Singletary, yeah. Yeah, he's a little guy. He's not that fat, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Patty Mills. All right, Lock so your in. team is, go through it one more time. You got Joe Harris. I got Joe Harris, a QB. I got Patty Mills running. I've got Nicholas Claxton going deep and Daron Sharp catching those 10-yard routes. All right. My Travis Kelsey is Daron Sharp. <laughs> All right, I need my quarterback, and I have no idea who's even left. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go for Blake Griffin because I think it would be fun. I don't know. He he, he could pass. He, he makes oh, some dude. cool passes sometimes. Dude, um, one he, hit and he's out in IR. My team is very likely. <laughs> Injury broken. Yeah. <laughs> Your team is got, like wheeled out. I got out Blake Griffin, this. Aldridge, and Kyrie. Like, who knows who's going to be in. But, yeah, I'll go with Blake <laughs> Griffin because why not? I don't know if there's anyone else that I'd rather have. I'm not going to take Kessler Edwards to be my quarterback. So, yeah, Blake Griffin. Rick, we left him for you. You get to pick him. Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, I think this is the steal of the draft, and I think everyone would agree. I cannot believe he fell to me uh, as my tight end. I'm picking uh, guess that net fan favorite, <laughs> DeAndre Bembry, 6'5", 210 pounds, <laughs> out of St. Joseph's. He is going to be able to block, and he's going to be a, a great security blanket for Cam Thomas. I was going to be able to hit him up the seam as well. Uh, I, I love my team, and I, I think Mel Kuyper would as well, too. <laughs> you know what I will say about that pick? It's probably the most realistic size match like for all of the picks we've made. A 6'5 tight end in the NFL is like very realistic. I think yeah. every every other person we picked is like way too tall or too small. Oh, dude, can't, my quarterback's 6'4". Can you be okay. too tall to be a wide receiver, though? Never yeah, heard of you it. You don't have seven no. wide receiver. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why not? Calvin Johnson... <laughs> Calvin Johnson's like the biggest receiver ever. He was like six six. <laughs> and if they were bigger, they would fucking play, man. Like everybody <laughs> always says LeBron James, if he had just been like a tight end, he could have been the best tight end ever. And he's yeah, what? Six eight, six nine? Yeah, but because he's a freak of nature. 
Yeah, LeBron's in, a, in a, just a different stratosphere of other people. Like, <laughs> Le, Le, LeBron James is not a normal human being. Yeah, Nick Claxton takes one shot to the leg, and he's done. Let's just yeah. say this. Yeah. Let's just say this. Dayron Sharp is playing the wrong sport. Should have been a tight end. He's built or like it. He's going to be a D end. Dude, he's, he's probably a like friend. a left tackle. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, my yeah. God. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's holy shit. So so let's let's read off our, our, our teams one more time. Uh, right. So for me, I'll go. Mine was, uh, I'll try to go in like in order of like what it would look like on a fantasy football roster. My quarterback is Cam Thomas. Uh, he will be throwing to Kevin Durant, handing off to Javon Carter, and on uh, third downs, looking to his security blanket, the great DeAndre Bembry. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, no pick James Johnson. But before before anyone says anything else, this team is dead to me if they trade DeAndre Bembry. The <laughs> I will <Yeah>. riot. <laughs> I agree. Uh, all right, I got quarterback Blake Griffin. I think he'll be more of an option quarterback uh, with the, the RPOs because uh, I got Bruce Brown and he's going to be tough to tackle. He's going to run hard, uh, fight for extra yards, always fall forward. Uh, he's going to get that yak uh, <laughs> yard after contact. <laughs> uh, I got what I pick. Oh, Kyrie, a wide receiver. Uh, you know, a zone buster, but also a great route runner. And then my tight end is big boy LaMarcus Aldridge. Who's like one hard hit away from <laughs> like <laughs> death. I think your team is paying the medical staff a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my team, uh, I got um, Joey Buckets, his new nickname, Joey uh, uh, Needles, because he's always threading the needle. <laughs> Joey Needles. Joey Dimes, even. Or Joey Dimes. He's always hitting 10-yard passes. That's all he does. But, no, I also have running back. Who the hell's my running back? Uh, Patty Mills, smallest guy in the league. But, boy, he can crawl right under people's legs like a clown show. Is that, is that, is that his running style? That's how style? it's going to work. That's how it's going to work. He's going to just go yeah. under people's legs. They're going to play the music on the thing every time he does. Like that. Every time. But, you know, it's going to be a very, like, like uproarious one because they'll be like, yeah, it doesn't matter. He's a clown. He's still got 12 yards. Let's go. Move the chains. No, but then, uh, then I got Daron Sharp is my tight end. Because I have a seven-foot-tall wide receiver, Nicholas Claxton, who doesn't even have to jump to catch these moonshots he's going to get from Joey Needles. <laughs> he can just stand there like Yao Ming, just catching them. Like, his hands might be touching the field goal posts. I don't care. Touchdown every time. No one's stopping him. It's over. So, so it's you know what's funny? What's funny about Patty Mills, like that we're, we're joking here, he's slender. He's like too skinny to be like a true NFL running back, but he's six one, and that's yeah. actually not a small running back. That's it's actually a, a really back. tall running back. No, it's big. I know. Yeah. I know. Everyone in the NBA, <laughs> yeah. if you saw them in real life, you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's taller than me. What the fuck?" Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like it. I like it. I I I would love to see uh, these teams on the gridiron. Uh, giving it their all and, and seeing who wins. But instead, we are left with a G League roster getting waxed by 30-plus every night, probably going to lose 10 in a row. Uh, so we can only dream. Yeah, honestly, for those listening, um, you've probably watched a few games recently and just thought, like, what the fuck is happening? Is this going to end soon? The answer is probably not. I looked at the roster uh, I looked at the schedule for the next few days. I don't see a win on there for a while. Um, so we might Wizards. not. They are playing the Wizards, who are also in a lot of like tumult yeah. right now. Yeah, I think our our no big three lineup could beat the Wizards. Well, yeah, maybe I, they the could Kings. also lose. They could also lose mm. to those teams. They just lost to the Kings last week with Kyrie and Harden. So I don't <laughs> fucking know. I swear to God, if they played like Colonial High School right now, they'd probably lose. I, don't, I <laughs> oh, just don't it know. Definitely. I don't even know if Colonial is good. But anyway, thank you for listening to this uh, hour-long Nets, Best is Net to Come pod. 
boy, I hope we can talk about a win next week. And I mean, shit, maybe we'll be talking about James Harden being on this the Sixers and talking about our new favorite player, Ben Simmons, or our new favorite player, Seth Curry. Who knows? It could be it's gonna be a whole new world next week. Or just more of the same. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be one of them. Yeah. So you know. I hope we'll it's see. one of them. I guess. <laughs> oh man. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, have a great rest of your week. <laughs>